Coming up on Golf Today, it's a guest-heavy Wednesday show, as it should be. Taylor Gooch joins fresh off his first PGA Tour victory. We asked Taylor about the journey, his do's and don'ts of Thanksgiving, and why the heck he was nicknamed Moose in college. And from Taylor to Harry we go as we give Mr. Higgs the floor to drive the interview. What does Harry Higgs want to talk about? How does Harry Higgs attack Thanksgiving? And how important was PGA Tour Latin America to his professional golf success? And listen, when you do a show the day before Thanksgiving, you play all the hits. We fill out our Thanksgiving table with golfers. We answer a few Thanksgiving superlatives. And we'll tackle the simple question, when it comes to golf, what are we thankful for? It's time to cook. Golf Today starts now. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. Welcome into Golf Today on this Thanksgiving Eve. Damon Hack alongside Shane Bacon. And speaking of Thanksgiving, I've had this take before. You may be preparing your Thanksgiving turkey as we speak. I think turkey's a little overrated. I'm just going to say that. Happy holidays, everybody. Yeah, there you go. Right <laughs> off the bat. You excited for Thanksgiving? We don't like turkey. I'm a little bit with you to the point okay. where we are not having turkey tomorrow. Why are we doing this? You're not, oh, you're not even I, I'm, I'm, I'm grilling steaks. This is year two of yeah. us grilling steaks. We're having just kind of our small family together. We don't have anybody in town or visiting, so Cindy and I are both going to go steaks, and we're picking up some fillets today. I'm with you. You know what one of the keys to being an adult is? Yeah. Is uh, you don't have to continue traditions that you don't like own decisions i'm a ham guy one year my cousin came over and i didn't even have turkey we just had ham he still talks to my mom about how angry he was this was like five six <laughs> maybe eight years ago i did not have turkey one thing so he was not happy uh turkey is the lettuce of meats i think yeah where it doesn't have a ton of taste yeah. it's fine I'm not somebody that's going to sit here and say turkey's awful. I think turkey's fine. I just think that there's better options. It's fine. It's okay. Speaking of, uh, of the different things, how about nicknames? We got the okay. moose coming on in a few minutes. Taylor Gooch, most recent winner on the PGA Tour. Did you have a good nickname growing up when you were in Texas? I was D-Hack or Hack Attack. Do you have a good nickname? When, you're, when your last name's Bacon, they just kind of go with that. You know, you kind of go with Bacon. I mean, my, my AIM name, shout out to Hallie Ledbetter, Bacon Boy with two Ys. Uh, that Boy. was kind of my AIM screen name for a long time. Okay. So that was about as close as I went to a nickname. But you're Bacon. You're just Bacon. You're hey, bacon. bacon. I mean, it's pretty hard to break that I'm D-Hack, Hack Attack, Big D, Big Shot. I've had a few <laughs> through the years, nicknames. Do you want to talk about golf? Let's talk about okay, golf. Let's okay, let's talk about golf and what we saw from this fall season. We saw some great, great winners in this wraparound season. To look at some of the names, Max Homa won the Fortinet Championship. Sam Burns, a winner at the Sanderson Farms. Sungjae, Rory, Hideki. I mean, these are names that you would want to win big golf tournaments, and that's the run we got to start the season. Yeah, great quality, including that last name, RSM Classic winner. Taylor Gooch with the like Oklahoma State getting it done. Had a three-shot lead going into that final round. The RSM, you may recall, this was his second from 132 at 10. Ooh, that was really good. Yeah. That was great. That was not, that was the non-turkey of golf shots. Right up there, that close. Right. That, that was ham. How succulent. <laughs> I'm talking Juicy. About. <laughs> Here he is at 11 from 102 yards. And neat to see him play with a lead. He's opening up the lead. He was like, pedal. To the medals, very impressive. He had 16 greens, like he was in complete control. Hit the 20 under par. Now here he is at 13. The whole game's been working this fall. Yeah. Taylor Gooch will ask him what's been working so well, but iron play's been there. It's driving it great, rolling it well. Now the five-shot lead as he gets to the 15. Yeah, and it's not like we didn't see this coming. You know, he been playing very well this fall. Strong finishes. Played great at the Players Championship on a ask him about that as well this was a fantastic shot what's your favorite side to thanksgiving i mean are you a stuffing person i'm a stuffing guy i like stuffing cranberry sauce done the right way is excellent i kind of go right to the desserts not out of the can cranberry you need it to like homemade like sweet potato pie Mm -hmm. i'm big on that Alex, our chef director, likes sweet potato pies. I, 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 make, I make this seven-layer salad that my aunt Diane taught me how to make. It's 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 delicious. You like it? Okay, I'm good. You like veggies? I do. Need them. Need them in my life. Taylor Gooch has victory in his life. We take a look at his fall in review. As we say, we kind of saw this coming. So he wins the RSM Classic, finished 11th or better in five of his six starts. Look at that strokes gained total. Plus 47.4, most of any player in that span. 
at more than 12 shots. And guess what? I think we got Taylor Gooch with us on this Thanksgiving Eve. Taylor, congrats on the big win. First of all, I want to start with the turkey. Turkey overrated, or are you a big turkey guy? Uh, I kind of agree with Shane. I mean, it's it's very traditional, but it's uh, I, I would I would prefer steak. Yeah, let's just say that. My all right, all right, like that all a right. Lot. We like him. Taylor's a good man. All right, and route to your first win. You hit 16 greens. You didn't make a single bogey. You shoot 64. Did all of it unfold the way you envisioned? Because it looked like you were in complete control. I mean, I don't, I don't think you can envision uh, that easy of of a Sunday for your first win. Um, Man, it, 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 I was in complete control, and, and you wish you could bottle up those days more often and, and just make them happen. Taylor, you're playing the best golf of your career as a 30-year-old. What's been the single biggest change to the way you're approaching tournaments now versus, say, last summer? Man, just the the, the comfort and the familiarity with golf courses, it, it's, it's so in, invaluable. Uh, it, you know, I'm able to spend my first half of the week more so preparing my game than trying to get – you know, comfortable with the golf course, try to understand the golf course. So, you know, the, the preparation in the first half of the week, it's it's just so crucial uh, to, to get comfortable with your game. And now that I, I you know, know more about the golf courses, I, I, I can spend more time on my game and, and getting ready to roll. You know, it was around this time last year where things started to click for you in your golf game, fifth at Shadow Creek, fourth at the Houston Open. How big was that run for you and your confidence level kind of before the holiday break? Oh, for sure. I mean, whenever, you know, the fall series, how it works now, you feel like, you know, you, you can get ahead of the ball game a little bit for the for the FedEx Cup uh, standings. And so, um, you know, getting getting a couple of top fives last fall was was huge. Um, and, you know, along with this fall as well, getting a couple of top fives and a win. I mean, it's just you, you feel like you're ahead of the, you know, ahead of the curve and, and you, you know, can kind of start the new year off. Uh, it, kind of chasing it, you know, and rather than feeling like you're behind the eight ball. Taylor, at what point in your life did you 100% believe I will win on the PGA Tour? Was it as a child? Was it in college? Was it at the players where you had that great run? Or was it on the back nine at the RSM? Man, I mean, so ignorance is bliss uh, <laughs> because when I was when I was nine years old, I, I won the U.S. Kids World Championship at Jekyll Island, and I thought, you know, I can do this for a living. And uh, and little did I know how hard it would actually be. Uh, but man, since I was nine, this it's this has been the dream and this has been the goal. And uh, there's been times where I, I questioned if it was possible. But man, I, I've 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 worked my butt off for you know now over 20 years to to make this happen. So you know, as as a whole, I've I've been confident that this day was going to come. Uh, in spite of a few times uh, over the last few years that. You know, you might question if it, if it would happen. Well, along the way, you went to Oklahoma State where you walk into that golf facility and you see all those trophies and the pictures of the All-Americans, a very tough golf course to get acclimated to, a stacked lineup. You know, how long did it take you to kind of be comfortable in a place where you can be exposed with all of that talent around you? Yeah, you know, uh, so my freshman year, Morgan Hoffman, Kevin Tway, Peter Uline, uh, you know, we had these All-Americans on the team and, I, uh, people were kind of, you know, asking me, you know, why would you go somewhere you don't know you're going to play your first year? And, uh, for me, like I said, that's just motivation to go and, and get comfortable in, in a tough situation. You know, it, it was great players, like you said, on a, on a really challenging golf course. And, you know, I knew if I could put myself in that, in that situation with uh, a little bit of pressure, a little bit of, uh, challenging, you know, challenging times that if I could, if I could survive there, it would, uh, pay dividends and, you know, it's it's like anything, you know, if, if you can put yourself in a situation that makes you grow, it's it's man, it's 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 going to pay off in the long run. All right, Taylor, we've hit you with some golf questions. Now it's time to kind of take the left. You know what I'm saying? Now it's time to ask you some silly questions. Uh, Tomorrow is a very important day here in America. It's Thanksgiving. We're getting ourselves prepared. What's the first item that you're going to grab tomorrow as you kind of sit down? And what's something that you would not touch for a million FedEx Cup points? Oh man, I'm not a cranberry sauce person. I, I I'll never I'll never do that. I don't know what it is about it. I'll I'll never touch it. Uh, but I'm a stuffing guy. I mean, that's the, the one time of year you for me that I have it, and it's uh it's something that you look forward to because it's 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 a once a year thing. So I'm I'm pumped about that. And 
pumped to uh i haven't had many sundays to watch football uh this <laughs> fall so i've uh i'm excited to watch some football well taylor you're clearly a wine guy your cellar looks a little like mine we actually have some friends in common by the way ryan and michael and tony i think you know who i'm talking about so yeah. so, so give me a sense of what wine you're gonna pull Tomorrow, I'm thinking, you know, I kind of go against the grain. I'll sometimes do a big cab, even if I'm having, like, a dry meat. But what are you thinking yeah. tomorrow? Are you going, like, a Pinot Noir? Are you more of a Burgundy, Bordeaux? Where are you going tomorrow? Well, we'll do some champagne. We'll do some yeah. bubbly. And then we'll we'll do some uh, some Burgundy as well. I've been on the Burgundy train lately, trying to uh, trying to learn a little bit more about it and drink some more of that. It's a little expensive, though. So, yeah. uh, but, I mean, I'll definitely, I mean, we're Amer in America. How can you not bring some some cab out as well? So <laughs> we'll uh, we'll just run the, the whole gambit and have a little bit of everything. All right. I got to ask you about this nickname, by the way. I heard they called you Moose in college. <laughs> Did you play fullback also while you were playing golf? Where did that name come from? <laughs> so it was the first, the fall semester, first semester I was there. I um, We were doing, we had workouts one morning. We were, it was a cardio day, and we were doing, gasser so sideline to sideline uh it was down back down uh and so i forget it's like 51 or 52 yards or something sideline sideline so 150 yards and we had to do it in a certain amount of time and let's just say we weren't all finishing them uh because it was it, it was challenging and uh the last if you didn't finish one you had to do an extra one and so the last one i had to do i was gassed I mean, hence the, the nickname Gassers. Like, I was gassed. And so I'm coming down, and I'm giving it my all to finish it. And apparently, uh, I was sounding like a moose running down the track because <laughs> my feet were, were, were loud. I was huffing and puffing. And the, one of our seniors, Mark Johnson on the team, as I came through the finish line, was like, gosh, dang, you sound like a moose running there, dude. So... Sure enough, it stuck. Oh, what a story. Well, speaking of names, I got to tell you, you know, I grew up in L.A. There was a Lakers guard named Michael Cooper. Might be a little before your time. He'd make a three, and the fans would go, Coop. You know, Matt Kuchar gets the cooch treatment. Do you ever get the, the gooch treatment after a putt? I mean, there's a lot that we could do with your last name. A lot of potential there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we uh... – uh, Kusha and I always talk about if there's ever a time that we're paired uh, on Sunday <laughs> down the stretch, it's it's going to get a little obnoxious. But no, I, lo I, I love it. I love it. It's uh, it's 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 awesome, and uh, it's you know it's a little bit of a trademark, so it's good to have. All right, now you've checked off winning on the PGA Tour. What does this do in terms of your chances maybe winning the Malopino Invitational? <laughs> well, the the issue that we have is we always do that the first week of January, so. Uh, I, now? All, all, I know I know so I was I was with all the boys last night and we were trying to figure out uh, a plan B uh, to, to make it happen so uh, the, but as as most people know about the Malpino there isn't a winner we only have one loser and so I, I don't care about winning I just do not <laughs> want to be the loser nor does any of the other eight guys so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that we can make it happen Uh in spite of uh, the, the plans changing on it a little bit. Hey, Taylor, you let us in for a minute on just kind of how the planning goes for someone that wins and then now has to add Hawaii to the schedule. Like, what's the day you sit down and go, all right, now I need to look at flights and, and figure out my plan for this tournament I just played myself into? Yeah, I, uh, I've been on the phone, obviously, you know, a fair bit the last couple of days. Uh, but I've, I've talked with my agent, uh, Jeff, and, and we were like, hey, let's – Let's just get through this week, and then next week we'll sit down and, and really start to hammer down what, what things are going to look like come January 1. So uh, I'm trying to make it through this week, enjoy some time with family and friends, and uh, try to soak, soak the win in a little bit. And then uh, next week we'll, uh, we'll, we'll start, start you know, getting some plans in order. Uh, speaking of family, your dog uh, was making an appearance before we got things going. What's, what's your dog's name? That is Knox. He uh, he he likes himself some uh, some camera time. So <laughs> he he always he always figures out how to jump in and, and get a little bit of a little bit of FaceTime. <laughs> Love it. Knox is an absolute stud. Taylor, so are you? Congrats on the win. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the burgundy. Be sure to hydrate as well, and we'll talk to you soon. Oh, we're back. Time to go beyond the headlines. Dia, I'm going to go to the 50th annual TaylorMade Pebble Beach Invitational. Did you see this? Brandon Harkins takes home the trophy. 
beat Alex Chayka and Harry Hall by a couple of shots. But we're going to focus on the opening round at Pebble Beach. How did he play? How did he do? He, he, played, he played all right. Played all right to start. He started on the 10th, okay? Is it typo? No, no, no. He started on 10 wow. at Pebble Beach. Okay. And I, I talked to Harkins this morning. He said he went out. You know, it's a long shuttle ride. He said it was, it was kind of cool. Didn't hit a, a great shot off the, to start it off. He had to get up and down for par. Was able to get up and down for par at 10. Ooh. He said Ooh. he had every green regulation after that. Amazing. And he had one putts the rest of the way. So the first nine holes at Pebble Beach, he yes. starts on 10. Okay. Nine holes, nine putts. Oh. The whole round, he didn't miss a fairway. So I asked Brandon Harkins, the, the, the you know, the kind of course record there yeah. is 62. Can't late of all Tom Kite have it. And he birdied the second hole. So now all of a sudden, you're, you're 9 you're through thinking, 11. Your mind is thinking. And he said he was starting to think about okay, it. Not okay. just maybe getting the course record at Pebble Beach, but potentially a, a number that starts with a 5. Okay. Say so he didn't hit a great second shot there at the par 5, 6. I mean, that's kind of the part at Pebble Beach you can really get it. I mean, you go back yeah. to the 19 U.S. Open. I mean, that's where the players were hoping to go 2 or 3 under was kind right. of 1 through 7 if you can. But still, an unbelievable run. So they did not miss a fairway the entire day. Went on to win the tournament. But that's the opening round. You talk about a special, special round. I mean, again, eight straight at Pebble Beach, and you're making the turn. I mean, to do it there, that's part of the, the story. It's that you're not only shooting 28, but you're doing it at one of the most historic golf courses in the world. I mean, was he was this unexpected? Had he been playing well? I mean, that's did it come out of nowhere? You, you know, Harkins is one of those pros that has that low gear. Okay, he's one of those players that can go crazy low, and it not wasn't everybody just can. not everybody okay. can. Not every pro has that ability to kind of like kind of black out on the yeah. golf course and just keep making birdie after birdie. I mean, this wasn't the only impressive thing. He went on to win the tournament, of course. But, I mean, the rest of the week, he, he shot 30 on the front nine at Spanish Bay the next day after okay. shooting 28. Birdied two through five at Pebble on Sunday and made six birdies in an eight-hole stretch there as well. I mean, obviously, he was feeling it. Obviously, the putter was working, and he was hitting it great as well. And, you know, Kevin Casey, our great researcher, uh, who we, we bring up a decent amount on yes. the show, he was telling me, you know, before the show started about kind of notable great rounds at Pebble Beach, and he, mem he remembered, we talk about Tiger Pebble all the time, but I'm taking you to 2010 and not 2000. If okay. you remember how tough the conditions were in 2010, during that U.S. Open, Tiger had an incredible back nine in brutal, brutal conditions, mm. if you remember. I mean, he shot a back nine 31. The scoring average that day was 39.01, and Tiger shot 31. So when you, can, when you kind of put in the conditions for that day and how Tiger was able to play, it was kind of a ho-hum U.S. Open outside of that run for Tiger Woods where he was just kind of waiting for things to get going. But Pebble's a place you can get yeah. hot. Pebble's a place with the small greens and a lot of movement with some of those putts. It's still a place that if you're hitting the ball well and you're hitting your irons good, you're going to have a lot of 10-footers. Eight birdies in a row, something I'm not quite familiar with, but there's still time. Nine through 11. <laughs> Shout out to Brandon Hart. Way to that go. Is quite Incredible. Said he started to feel it, though. Yes. Started to feel it a little bit. I'm starting to feel a little Harry Higgs I think energy. Got him coming on the Is program. Coming up next, the unbutton. Harry, one. connect your connect your phone. We're ready. Pandora makes it easy for you to find your favorite music. Discover new artists and genres by selecting any song or album, and we'll make you a personalized station for free. Download on the Apple App Store or Google Play and enjoy the soundtrack to your life. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. for you. Back on golf today, and here's hoping the turkeys actually aren't watching today's show. Just Ooh. impassioned turkeys left and right. Here's been some great, great images of what to expect tomorrow. Ooh, yeah. I just love Thanksgiving. Yeah. Hi, sweet potato pie. We threw this up on social media. Which golfers would you want at your Thanksgiving table? Mm. And what would you ask them? Best uh, answer is going to make the show a little bit a little bit later in the show. So we kind of were thinking about our Thanksgiving tables, right? Like yeah. who we would want in professional golf. Hard to, that's a hard question to answer. Well, mine, and this is no surprise, uh, my answer is just about me. Okay. I'm a lefty. Okay. I'm a lefty. Yes, we, you are. We, we talked about this yesterday. Some of the lefty, you know, getting equipment as a lefty. The other issue as a lefty is when you're eating dinner. Okay. 
kind of bowing somebody. Oh, you yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got yeah. the lefty knife cut going here. Right. And you're a righty, and we're kind of throwing bows. Okay, uncomfortable, so, yeah. So this, so this is why my table is a little bit uh, interesting. Here's my table. It's just a whole bunch of lefties. See, now, now I don't have to deal with this. Now, Phil, though, isn't Phil a righty who plays golf Listen, lefty? I, the way he throws it righty and is able to perform okay. lefty, I'm assuming he can kind of go both ways, cut right? So any way possible. I'm going Phil. Let's get Higo there. Erica Shepard's at the table. Oh, Bobby yeah. Mack, Bubba, Mike Weir, Akshay. Fleshy is there as well. I, I don't care how the conversation goes. I don't care who brings what. Okay. I just know that my elbow will be comfortable. You won't have like a Charlie horse or a bruise. No, don't have to put elbow dinner. pad on for dinner. Uh, so that's my uh, that's my Thanksgiving that's table. That's pretty cool. That's pretty genius. I like it's, what you it's, did. It's something. So it's, it's a table. So you got, you got nine, including yourself. Then is that right? Number nine. You yeah. had eight so, there. So, and you. I mean, I could I could add other left. Brian okay. Harmon can come to dinner. You can put a leaf in the middle. I got to put a leaf in the middle. I got a lot. Of, big, you got a lot of people. Who's, your, who's your table? Big big table. Got some trailblazers. Okay. It's not Portland trailblazers, but trailblazers in golf. I got Renee Powell. And Lee Elder awesome. at my table. Megan King, who has a wonderful immigrant story to this country. Christina Kim, I think, is just a barrel of laughs. Mariah Stackhouse, Stanford, deep thinker. Rory, we talk about Rory all the time. What a credible thinker he is. Great to interview. I want him to relax, have a good time. He likes wine. We'll yep. talk some wine. Patrick Cantley, my gosh, I feel like he found his voice the second half of 2021. Sophia Popov, we interviewed her, this wonderful Lydia, a soulful person. Troy Merritt, I've known for a while on the PJ Tour, he's a big fan. And then David Duvall, he'll either sit there and be kind of quiet and observe, or he'll be leading the discussion. <laughs> I, I don't know what David will get, but I, I love them both. And then uh, I'm that blank. I'm the 12. You're the, you're the blank. I'm the blank. Okay. Uh, so it's going to be a table for 12. So I have 11 names, and I'm there as well. I, I pick out the wine, I, and we'll be good. I would. I think I would tra I'm trading my table for your table. Are you? Your, you, table, your table seems... You can come seem, hang can I be the blank? You'll have bruised elbows. I, but, okay. you'll maybe, I'll sit, maybe I'll sit at the end. Maybe I'll sit at the end. Uh, that is our table. What is your table going to look like tomorrow? You're going to have family? You're going so, to someone's house? Going to my wife's sister's in, in Great Neck, uh, which is Long Island, right on the border of Queens. It turns into Long Island. Uh, I don't do anything. My wife already made, like, the, the mac and cheese. She's bringing that. I'm just in charge of the wine. Very simple. I have to drive, and I'm in charge of bringing the wine. Sounds like it. How about sounds, you? What are you doing? We're, we're doing just the, the just our family. Okay. It'll be Cindy, it'll be Henry, yes. myself, and then Harlow will be down there eating the Looking scraps. Looking for scraps. That, not turkey scraps. <laughs> it'll be steak, if you will. Uh, we got some some Thanksgiving superlatives, right? I mean, okay. it, it, listen, this is a, a day before Thanksgiving yeah. show. We're going to talk a little turkey. We're going to talk a little Thanksgiving. And we just had some questions thrown our way. Yes. Okay? And then the first question is a golfer that would be most likely – to help out in the kitchen on like Thanksgiving. Afterwards, after you've made a Before, mess. Before, after, whenever. Who is, who is a golfer you think would be great to help you out in the kitchen? Peter Malnati. I, a sweetheart of a man. He just seems like, you know, someone who did his chores. Someone who was raised the right way. Uh, Peter Malnati. I, I'm always happy when I see him. I think most people think he's one of the nicest players on the PGA Tour. You know, if my wife and, and sister-in-law needed help in the kitchen after we can make a mess tomorrow, I think Peter would be like... In front of the line, helping you know wipe down Whatever the dishes you need. and put them in the in the dishwasher. Uh, I have Webb Simpson here. It's a similar energy. Yeah. Webb Simpson yeah. is kind of the guy you know on these Ryder Cup and Presidents Cup teams. You can kind of throw him in with anyone. Doesn't matter the personality. <laughs> doesn't matter the situation. A very chill person. The kind of guy again that seems like he'd be willing yeah. to help out. And maybe he doesn't even need to be asked yes. to help out. He's not even going to watch the football for a bit. I'll dry the dishes. I got Webb in there. By the way, runner-up Austin Cook. His last name Austin is Cook. Cook. His last name is Cook. So we didn't invite any of those guys to our table, but we have them cleaning after. That's the little bold of us, isn't it? That's, a little that's bit. Right. All right. All right. Golfers <laughs> most likely to overcook the turkey D. You know, Dylan Fratelli. I'm going to say Fratelli likes to kind of. Oh, look at that. That's Dylan Fratelli's turkey. And I'll explain. He likes to poke fun at his eyesight. His eyesight isn't the yeah, best. Yeah. That's why he wears those glasses. So I'm going to say instead of cooking to 350, he's going to mistakenly turn the knob to 550. So he's going to overcook the I turkey. I see what you're saying. Dylan Fratelli. I Smart. went deep with this one. I, I like that. Uh, I'm yeah. going to go Bryson here. I mean, Bryson. I could, I could okay. see Bryson kind of explaining this whole new process of how to make the turkey. You kind of like half fry it, and then you half bake it. And it's this whole new way of doing the turkey. And then you have the do reading thing. Oh, yeah, words you've never too heard too much do of. on he's, the turkey. He's got all these cooking terms that okay. nobody's ever heard of in the entire world. And then you'd bite into it, and maybe it's a bit overcooked. All right. I got one for you. How about the golfer most likely to sit at the kid's table? Oh, I got one for this. Okay. 
Um, Dustin Johnson, and, and it's for one reason, one reason only. You remember last year at the Masters when Dustin Johnson was talking about sandwiches and how he was obsessed with sandwiches oh, and yeah. every time he got to Augusta National, you're not getting a sandwich at the big table. Right. But you might get a sandwich <laughs> over at the kids' table. So I think if Dustin really is truly kind of behind this, this sandwich run, he is. I feel like I could see him at the kids' table taking down a couple turkey sandwiches. All right, I'm going Christina Kim. At the kids' table, be endless entertainment. She's like the big cousin that that tells like kind of the ribald joke. She might push the envelope a little bit, might throw in a bad word, just just to kind of you know make the kids get some get, laughs. just get some laughs. But it's okay. The parents will be at the other table, kind of laughing. That's just Christina being Christina. Christina at the kids' table. The kids will be entertained and have a good time. All rules kind of out the window on oh, Thanksgiving. Okay. I mean, most most rules kind of fly by. All right, all right. I got one up. Golfer that's most likely to tell a bad joke at the table. I'm going Bryson here. Here you go. I'm going Bryson. Just Bry you know, Bryson, he gets in front of the microphone quite a bit. I mean, he thinks he's you know, very, very funny. And I'm always interested in what he has to say. But I could see him maybe say a bad joke and, like, laugh at his own joke. Yeah, and yeah. we kind of laugh just to make him feel comfortable. That's I could good. see that I think that Bryson. was good. I, I'm, okay. I'm, I think I have the answer for this one. I think okay. it's Phil Mickelson. I take you back to the PGA Championship in 2020. Remember when Phil went in the booth with uh, with Jim Nance and Sir Nick Faldo and he, he yes. kind of played that joke right away early Very on. You know, I'm good at three things and it was kind of awkward. I feel like he kind of laid the groundwork for maybe the, 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 the bad joke he might say at the Thanksgiving yes. table. So I'm going to go Phil Mickelson. All right. Speaking of Phil, how about the golfer most likely to throw a football around? After You're going Phil? I'm going Phil Mickelson. I mean, don't you think? We, he's always throwing the football around, showing everybody how athletic he is. This was back at the Waste Management Phoenix Open in 2014. You know, he's won that Open in 2013, so he's feeling good he about life. He can rip it. He's got, he's got a good, he's got a really nice arm. I mean, he's this a big is a great man. answer here, as you said. Phil has yeah. thrown baseballs and footballs and everything you'd ever want. Yeah. I'm going to go Julie Inkster here. Ooh, you know didn't Julie expect Inkster that. is the type of person that if she was at the table, sitting on the couch, watching football, not only would Julie want to throw the football around, but she might even bring up the idea, hey, you guys want to go out That's and toss cool. the pigskin around for a couple of minutes. So I'm going to go Julie Inkster. Big sports fan, right? She loves Huge the San Francisco Giants. Loves the Warriors. I'm a Dodger. She's probably the 49er fan probably as well. I'm assuming, yeah. Right. We got one more here. Golfer most likely to fall asleep after the meal. Is this a serious question? How about Jason Duffner? I mean, he'd be eating. It's a really good one. Yeah, that's him. Oh, After man, I a couple pieces of turkey, some Listen, sweet potato pie. It's been a long. <laughs> it's been a minute, hasn't it? Time. I, I I did a I did a Duffnerine <laughs> picture, and I was wearing those. You know, Tom. Remember when Toms were just red hot? Yes. Remember I was wearing Toms in my picture. That was when I had like nine pair of Toms. Uh, Harry Higgs, who's coming on the show soon. Okay. I feel like, and we'll ask him if yeah. this is maybe part of his plan for tomorrow. But I could see Harry Higgs maybe taking a, a snooze or two. Shirt unbuttoned at the dinner table, or, or do you think he kind of goes? Buttons it up. I mean, I think I think Thanksgiving is a day you unbutton a lot of things. You know what up, I mean, you're eating a lot of food. You're trying to loosen everything. Nothing tight on Thanksgiving. That's something Joey Tribbiani taught us mm. a long, long time ago. That was fun. And we got plenty more to come. Mention Harry Hicks. He's coming on the program. We're going to ask Harry all sorts of questions. We'll ask him about turkey, of course. We'll probably ask him some golf stuff. Cool with me. That's next. All right, Harry, Harry joins us now. Harry, we are always asking the questions. So I wanted to start this off a little bit differently. What do you want to talk about today? What's on top of mind? Man, what a great, what a great way to start an interview. Uh, I hit you guys early with the Thanksgiving plans. You know, um, we've got, uh, I'm back home in Kansas City, going to enjoy some time with uh, family and friends, probably eat and drink a bit too much. Um, I, we can talk about how, you know, I think me and every other tour pro is excited that there is not a golf tournament next week um, <laughs> and not for many weeks after that. So everybody's going to get a much needed rest, spend some time with some family and, and enjoy the next couple of weeks. Now, what about Turkey? We've been talking about it all show. We kind of think bad, it's a little... We're, ba we're bashing it. We're overrated. It's, over, it's dry. It's <sighs> overrated. I'd rather have a ham or a steak. Where are you on the kind of turkey love or like or dislike? Yeah, man, I'm going to ride for turkey. I, I, I like turkey. Um, my dad has always fried a turkey, and I, I think he's messed it up once. Uh, about 15, I would, from what I can even recall, about 15 years worth of turkey, and I've always enjoyed his fried turkey. Um you know, as you could probably tell by the size of me, I, there's not a whole lot that I dislike, and especially <laughs> a, a Thanksgiving meal. I, I, there isn't anything that I will not eat, but I will always err more towards turkey. I'm not a big ham guy. Um, 
you know, I love, you know, bacon and pork and everything else that comes from a pig, but for some reason, ham just doesn't do it for me. Um, so I'm going to ride for turkey there. I still time to convince you that ham is okay. Anyway. Uh, we, we're going to work on that. Harry, I want to ask you about Tiger, because, you know, yesterday it was all things Tiger. We showed the three-second video. You told a great story on the subpar pod about your first interaction with Tiger <laughs> on a Saturday in San Diego on a staircase. You kind of botched it. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> well, uh, we, uh, the rest of us PGA Tour players use just kind of like a makeshift locker room. And this was the first, this is my first year. This is the first event I had played in that Tiger Woods also was playing in. Um, and I get in there, you know, change my shoes, grab whatever it was, Band-Aids, you know, Advil, whatever it was. And I walk out and Tiger walks out at the same time out of a different door. Clearly, they, you know, makeshift locker room for the rest of us and a makeshift locker room just for Tiger. <laughs> and we just start walking down the stairs at the same time, literally shoulder to shoulder. And it's like, gosh, I have to, I have to say something, right? I mean, this is, this is the man. This is, this is my idol. He's the reason why I'm in golf, playing golf. Why the reason why we're also playing for, for fortunately uh, high purses. It, it's all right. He's standing right here to my left. And all I could come up with was he's wearing obviously metal spikes and walking down uh, concrete steps with a bit of dew on it, being out there in San Diego in, in February. And I was, all I could come up was like, hey, Tiger, you ever worried about slipping in those? And he just, I don't even remember him looking at me. He just was kind of <laughs> stone cold, eyes forward and said, nah, you get used to it. And then I kind of, at that point, based on the interaction, I kind of slowed up and I let him you know, carry on and, and walk ahead of me. Uh, I will say, you know, I beat him that day. I think we tied for the event. I think he played good uh, on uh, Sunday. But uh, that's been my only interaction with Tiger Woods. I couldn't even say if he knows who I am. He definitely didn't know who I was at that time. So I guess goal of mine is to continue to play well, get in the mix in some big tournaments. Hopefully when he makes his comeback, get in the mix alongside him and, and show him, you know, hey, Tiger, I'm Harry. Nice to meet you. All right, Harry, let, we're going to give you a mulligan on the show right now. Let, let's take you back to that moment. And you get a mulligan on what you'd say to Tiger. Where do you think he'd go now? I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be no spike talk, but maybe where do you yeah. where do you tee up the question if you're given a mulligan on that interaction? That's a great question, Shane. Nothing comes to mind other than the fact that I probably would have slowed up and just let a man walk ahead of me. Uh, <laughs> fair. Maybe maybe go maybe try to big time Tiger, which is obviously impossible. Um, but maybe just let him walk ahead of me, and you know, me internally just think like I, I got this guy today. I'm going to beat this guy. Um, he probably thought I was, you know, some walking scorer that was lost or something like that. <laughs> I, who knows? Um, but I teed off after him, and I played better than him that day. So that's uh, – I will forever remember that moment for sure. All right, Harry, I want to talk a little golf with you. Can you talk on PGA Tour Latino America and how important that tour has been for your development? Yeah, you can't, I can't say enough about it. Um, you know, everybody, when they turn pro and, and you see it to a man almost, it takes – a year, two, three, for me, it took about four years. Uh, and, and two of the, my four years before before the Corn Ferry Tour were on the PGA Tour Latin America. You know, you hear guys all say, hey, you have to learn how to travel. You have to learn how to play. You have to learn how to play different environments, different grasses, different weathers. Uh, obviously, the PGA Tour Latin America certainly offers that. We play many different types of golf courses with all types of uh, different surfaces, grass, uh, you play at altitude. You play, I mean, I remember playing in Quito, Ecuador. It's 10,000 feet in the air. Seven irons go like 230 yards. So that's obviously a, a adjustment. And then also just just learning and being able to to find ways to travel. Make sure your body and mind is prepared for when the gun goes off on Thursday. And then it certainly helped in my uh, kind of routine and the way in which I go about preparing Monday to Wednesday, which are for us pro golfers, Monday to Wednesday is actually the most important. Uh, whether it be that you need more rest or whether it be you need reps to, you know, get iron out a swing change or you just need to go out and learn a golf course really well. It taught me how to, I call it Monday to Wednesday. It taught me how to be really good there. So when then I do get the, you know, they hand me that scorecard and I, I put it in my back pocket and it's time to keep scoring win tournaments. Uh, I, I was much more ready to do that at, at the higher levels being Corn Ferry and then the, the PGA Tour. Well, you won out there on PGA Tour Latino America. You won on Corn Fair. You've had some great moments on the golf course on the PGA Tour, those monster putts we showed at the PGA, runner-up yeah. at Napa. How close do you sense you are to breaking through for win number one on the PGA Tour? 
Man, I'm close, and I feel like I should have at least two. Um, but, you know, it's hard to win on the PGA Tour. I ran into Brendan Todd, played an unbelievable round of golf, uh, you know, Bermuda my first year out, and then Stuart Sink also played an unbelievable round of golf to win in, in Napa. Um, and, heck, I, I had a shot at a major, my first major. I had a shot there. And I, I think the coolest moment of my, you know, professional golf career, you know, my brother is also my caddy, I got to, you know, we got to deliberate on 16 between five and six iron at the PGA par five, you know, going, going for the green. And I got to say aloud, like, Hey, Al, um, we need to make a decision here that gives us the best chance to make a three, because we have a chance to win this golf tournament with a strong finish. Um, so yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I feel I'm very close. A goal of mine this year, you know, I've done probably two or three, I've been in contention, two or three events, each of my first two years. I would just like to double that. Obviously, it's kind of a numbers game. The more you get in contention, the better the chances are that you're going to actually win. I know my game is able to do it. I'd like to, um, you know, find a bit more consistency within my game, within my skills that allow me to compete, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times a year, get in contention a ton and, and try to pick off one. And I, you know, I kind of feel we, we just saw Taylor Gooch, who's an unbelievable player, win, um, you know, just this last Sunday. And. You know, he was trending towards it. I feel like I'm trending towards it as well. And I feel like he and I would be similar. He's gotten that first win. And now I think a bunch are going to come. Once I get my first win, I think, you know, okay, almost the monkey's off your back. You can take a deep breath and just go out and play golf to win golf tournaments. You're playing great golf. You also have a great social media presence. The Dreams Challenge with the cranberry juice. I couldn't stop laughing. When did you know it was going to be social media gold? Um... It was pretty immediate, uh, and I'll be honest with you. I was there was a, a gentleman from the tour that it was kind of his his baby, right? He wanted me to do this. He felt like I fit, I would fit the video well, and I was kind of avoiding. We did it in Vegas uh, a couple years ago, and I was kind of avoiding him because I was wanting to get ready. You know, it was Monday Monday to Wednesday, right? I wanted to get ready. I wanted to be ready to win a golf tournament. I wanted to get prepared. And I was kind of avoiding him, avoiding him, avoiding him. Um, eventually, you know, he caught me. I agreed to do it. And it took about 25 seconds. And then shortly thereafter, for some reason, people took a liking to it. Uh, and it was within a couple hours. It was like, holy cow, this is this is going to reach a lot of people. Uh, and I still, you know, to this day, people scream and yell cranberry juice at me <laughs> or, you know, we loved your dreams, dreams challenge. Um, so, no, it's cool. It's it, it's I'm I'm. I'm one of the very fortunate ones, and I think a lot of guys also fall into this category, but some maybe not, that I can just genuinely be myself and people for some reason that I do not understand take a liking to that. So I can, I have created and will continue to create kind of a following, and it's weird for me to say, but kind of create fans just by being myself. Uh, so I certainly count myself as someone that's very lucky in that regard that I don't have to I don't have to play up to cameras. I don't have to, you know, play up to groups of people and fans that come out and watch me play. It's uh, I'm lucky that I just get to be myself. And for some reason, people enjoy seeing and hearing all the funny stuff that I do while out on a golf course. Harry, tomorrow is like one of the true days of being yourself. Thanksgiving is a day you get to be oh, around right. family and really be your yourself. I, we've asked you some food questions, but I want you to kind of walk us through what Harry Higgs' Thursday is going to look like. So what time do you yeah. think you'll get up? What time do you think you'll have your first cocktail? How many minutes do you think you'll spend in the kitchen? And the percentage of football that you're planning to watch? So kitchen, 0%. Football is 100%. <laughs> um, I'm very lucky that my mom, and we're going to go over to some uh, Mike Lowry, his, his, uh, he and his now wife, Pam, they'll, they'll take care of a bunch of the food. My mom and dad will take care of a bunch of the food. I'm, I'm literally just showing up to eat. Um, I will spend, I mean, I, you, you cannot see my bottom half right now. I have a pair of sweatpants on. These will probably remain on me for the entirety of today and the entirety of tomorrow. Um, I will wake up. I think the first football game is 1130 here, central time. I'll probably wake up. I will obviously not set an alarm, but I'll probably, I'm, I'd guess around 10. Cause I would imagine there's going to be friends and family around uh, this evening and we'll probably have a few too many drinks. So I'll have to sleep that off. I'll delay the first cocktail till I guess around noon, probably usually about halftime of that first football game. Uh, there will be some wagers placed on all three of the football games, um, you know, just to keep things a little interesting. Maybe even throw in some of the, there's probably some college basketball on, 
just give myself, you know, some investment in what I'm watching. Uh, so wake up at, you know, sweatpants on all day long, wake up at 10, a couple cups of coffee, first cocktail around 12, 1230, uh, a lot of time on the couch, probably close to hundred percent of my day to both today and tomorrow will be on the couch. And then, uh, hopefully some, some good, uh, some good investments as in, uh, you know, bets on these football games, nothing too crazy, just enough to keep my, to keep my interest. And, uh, we'll see how long it lasts. There's, there's some Thanksgivings. I'm ready to go to bed at you know, eight o'clock and I doubt that'll be the case this time. I'm sure, you know, I haven't seen a lot of my friends and family as you know, we travel and play a lot of golf. Um, I'm sure we'll be up far too late eating and drinking, uh, entirely too much. All right, Harry, we want to leave you with this. By the way, that sounds like a, a great day. Perfect day. Uh, I wish I was there. Sweatpants. I want to change the sweatpants at least once between tomorrow and t no, 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 maybe not. Okay, keep the you sweatpants. Can go, you can go two or three days. Well, you be you. You're, you're going to be Harry Higgs, and that's what I want to ask you about. Being Harry Higgs, this look that you have, and you just said you're just being yourself, but you got the, the unbuttoned thing going on. You got Ricky sure. Fowler, you know, trying to go full Harry Higgs, yeah, you know, like... Do you have a stylist at all, or is this just how you kind of roll? This is how oh, you've God. always played golf. Does that, does that photo, Damon, does that photo look like <laughs> I have a stylist? Come on, man. No. I, I, I'm lucky that uh, Grayson, you know, the, the fine folks that try to make me look good, uh, they always send me the four-button shirts, and contrary to popular belief, I button one of those buttons. It's not fully unbuttoned. Um, you know, I laugh. It's just so funny what, what people, you know, latch onto and take a liking to. I, I wear my shirt like that, not for vanity. It's it's because I'm a bigger guy. And the more I, you know, button up my shirt, I'm, I feel like I'm getting choked, right? Like it's it's not comfortable. Um, so I let it hang a little lower, let it be a little bit more free. Yeah, I mean, Ricky at uh, Wyndham this last year was, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a go. I'm going to give it a go. We were going back and forth with each other all week. He, he attempted it one of the the days but he still had he still had his shirt buttoned up we were you know trying to get him hey man unbutton it even further and he did so I, I saw a lot obviously everybody probably saw Rory um you know rip his shirt uh at the finish in, in Dubai last week I saw a lot of people saying he's trying to act like me he's trying to get my <laughs> look um it's just it's funny it's funny what uh, what people take a liking to right and then the sunglasses as well it's I wear those because I can't really see and I think I might have a little bit of a difficult time differentiating blue and green without them. Uh, and obviously in my world, we got blue skies and green grass everywhere. I probably should, should aid myself in being able to differentiate, you know, certain, certain colors of green, be able to see the difference in the rough and the fairway. Um, it's, it's, it's fun. It's turned into such a fun thing. Maybe eventually I might not even have a shirt with buttons. It might just have the collar kind of cut out and that's just what we go with. But, uh, we'll, we'll keep that. Well, I, you know, I'll tell you guys, I didn't tell anybody else, but maybe that's something that we do, uh, we do down the road. All right, no uh, stylist, no stylist. No okay. stylist, okay. but he looks great. Uh, See, that's the key. He's just, <laughs> he's just classy, just a classy fellow. Harry, we appreciate the time. Just one little tip for you. One little tip as you're looking at tomorrow, Detroit Lions. Mm. That's the tip yeah, I'm going to uh, give you. Detroit okay. Lions, think about it. Well, that's the kind of that's the kind of ugly game, if you will. So yeah. I might have to roll with your pick, Shane. We'll just, see how we do. Just throwing it out there. That's Harry Higgs. Thanks so much for the time, my man. Have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, y'all too. Have a happy holidays, guys. Take care. All right, we got plenty more coming up on golf today. Tom Hoagie's going to join the program. Yeah, right. This is fun, man. I'm enjoying this Thanksgiving Eve. Just always talk food with golfers. Hoagie. That's what we need to do going forward. I'm hungry. Finding the music you love shouldn't be hard. That's why Pandora makes it easy to explore all your favorites and discover new artists and genres you'll love. Enjoy a personalized listening experience simply by selecting any song or album, and we'll make a station crafted just for you. Best of all, you can listen for free. Download Pandora on the Apple App Store or Google Play and start hearing the soundtrack to your life. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Back on golf today on Thanksgiving Eve. Strong week 
for Tom Hoagie at the RSM Classic, finishing in a tie for fourth, but there was more on the line for Hoagie than just the tournament itself. You know what I'm talking about, Shane? Yeah, it was over the course of the first nine events of PJ Tour season, RSM Birdie for Love, donated over a million dollars to charitable organizations. The top three players who accumulated the most birdies or better for the nine events received charitable payouts of $300,000, $150,000, and $50,000 to the charity of their choice, Steve. Yeah, and as a result, Taylor Gooch and Tom Hoagie tied for first place to win 300000 each through the RSM Birdies for Love charitable giving on course competition over the 2021-2022 PGA Tour season. And I believe we're joined now by Tom Hoagie. Tom, it's great to see you. You just won the Birdies for Love charity drive with your play during the fall portion of the schedule. What charity are you going to support? Yeah, hey, guys. Uh, good afternoon. Um... You know what? I'm just starting to sort through the process here of signing, finding some good charities um, for this money to go towards. Um, you know, such a great initiative that RSM has, um, especially here in these holiday season, that we can give back and find some good charities and hopefully uh, benefit some kids that um, you know provide them some great opportunities here going forward. Tom, we got to start you out like we've started out most of these guests. What is uh, what is your takes on turkey? What is your takes on Thanksgiving? You're pro turkey, <laughs> pro ham. We'll give you the floor. Um, I would say that uh, this is my one day a year for Turkey. And uh, we can make it work once a year. But uh, other than that, I, I'll leave it to Thanksgiving for sure. That's, I think that's the appropriate good answer. Good answer. That's, that, that, is a, that, is a, that is a good answer for what we've been asking. All right. I'm new to the Northeast. So this is my first full season of dealing with winter. You grew up in, in North Dakota. You dealt with some really, really brutal winters. Can you give me some tips on how to deal with winners and no golf? Find something indoors. Um, yeah, I had the, about as bad as it could get for winners. And, uh, you know, we were in Sea Island last week where the weather got pretty bad there on Friday and Saturday, cold and windy. And everybody thought I'd be fine for it, but I've gotten pretty soft there living in Texas now. So, uh, you know, I try to stay indoors in those cold days. But uh, we're going to head to Vail here shortly and go skiing. So we'll get some more winter weather again. Oh, fantastic. You're hitting Vail. I'm going to Aspen. Love Colorado. Speaking of cold, I remember you're a big ice cream guy. What's your best ice cream story involving a certain number of scoops or maybe your favorite ice cream place? Man, I don't really have one story specifically, but, uh, you know, I guess going back to college, our, co our golf coach, Bill Monagill at TCU, he would always say that if we needed a good round, he'd make sure to fill me up with ice cream the night before, and uh, I'd make sure to play well that next day for him. So, you know, you can't go wrong. Um, anything chocolate's my go-to. Smart man. That's that's a smart approach. Uh, there's a story of you teaching Jordan Spieth how to play craps. Can you give us the Tom Hoagie rules of craps, your do's, your don'ts? Man, the easiest thing I can tell him is just roll for a long time. That seems to work out pretty well no matter what you do. But uh, I enjoy playing craps, and we were at John Deere there a few years ago with Jordan, and uh, that was when he was in his run a great play. Um, winning majors left and right 2016-2017. And he's the only guy I've ever seen that can win money at the craps table, always gone to the bathroom, and uh, he came back to a big stack of chips. So uh, I guess he got it down pretty well. How about teaching someone to play craps? I'm a blackjack guy. I got buddies that play craps. and They try to explain it to me year after year, and I never understand it. Was it easier or, or hard to teach someone like Jordan? It's pretty easy. You can you can make it pretty easy for sure. It just uh, stick to a six and an eight in the pass line, and uh, you've got three numbers to worry about. So there you go. Tom, uh, you have a name that I'm assuming it's short, but you can mess up your last name. What's the best, best first T call of your name that you can remember somebody saying? Hmm. Hmm, I, had a, I had a former caddy that used to call me Haji. Because uh, that was one of the first tee calls that he enjoyed. So I'd have to go with that one. Haji. Haji. I, that, that, that's pretty good. I like that one. How about the state of your game? You're obviously playing well. You're making a lot of birdies. As you look ahead at the rest of the 2021-2022 season, what is top of mind for you as far as those 14 clubs are concerned? Yeah, you know, it was a great fall for me. I played well at the first FedEx Cup event there at the Northern Trust to finish fourth, which kind of set the tone for me for the fall. And I played a lot. You know, I played eight of the nine events and felt like I could really set myself up well for the FedEx Cup uh, going forward this year. And luckily, I played well. I made eight, uh, seven of the eight cuts and got, got a lot of points on the board. So it just frees you up here for this next year. 
Um, I really hit my irons well the last few weeks, which set up a lot of birdies there. Um, and would have liked to make a few more putts. That's kind of my focus here is get that putter dialed in as we get headed to uh, Hawaii here in January. Well, look really good over the fall. Congrats on winning alongside Taylor Gooch, the RSM Birdies for Love. It's great to speak to you, Tom. Happy Thanksgiving. Turkey just for one day. You don't have to have it anymore for the rest of the year. We're back on golf today. Time now for another story to feel good about. Kyle Wilshire, we talked about Monday Q posting this in October. Kyle shot 67 to make the cut in Bermuda. It was his first tour event in seven years as a professional. He plays a lot on the Moonlight Tour. A tiny tour in Florida where he has 23 wins. He shot a 60 on that tour a few weeks ago, winning $500. And just last week, more on his story. Kyle worked nights as a trash porter in an apartment complex this summer, then would practice the next morning. He made $70 a day, but helped him continue to chase it. Made the cut in Bermuda after a Monday qualification and just shot 62 at the RSM Monday. Indeed, we caught up with Kyle earlier this week. And we are joined now by Kyle Wilshire. Kyle, it's great to see you. We're sneaking up on Thanksgiving. I read where you have done many things to keep the dream alive, including being a trash porter. What were those days and nights like for you? Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. But, um, yeah, it's, I guess it's become a, a little bit of a story. Um, during, it actually started during COVID. Um, my girlfriend's apartment complex was kind of advertising for some help. And, you know, as the world... You know, was kind of shutting down and especially the mini tour scene and my future was a little uncertain and uh i took this position not really knowing much uh what was going on and what i was going to be doing and uh, it actually ended up being for a, a neighboring property about 30 uh, minutes away and I, I showed up and for four months i was uh i was a trash porter uh, i started the first month i was i would work from six to eight at night and I had someone that would help me, and we just we, we were able we were in charge of uh, collecting the trash there at the apartment complex. And uh, you know, it wasn't a glorious job, but it gave me an opportunity to continue to work on my game, continue to uh, improve. Uh, I would practice, allowed me to practice all day more or less, and then I would work at night, um, usually starting around six. And when I had a uh, someone else helping me, I would finish around eight, but that kind of changed when the other person um, actually quit and they asked me, you know, do you want someone else to come by or would you rather do it yourself? We'll pay you a little bit more money. And, you know, I was really unsure with what the future was going to hold and I just told them I would do it. And so my, my six to eight job turned sometimes to six to nine thirty, six to 10 at night. So it was, uh, it wasn't glorious, but you know, I was, I was very thankful and uh, it gave me an opportunity to, to continue my dream and continue to, you know, try to pursue playing on the PGA Tour. Kyle, there's so many great stories of many tour players that have to take on multiple jobs and find ways to fund the dream, as Damon said, to start this off. Uh, how, how often are you kind of continuing to find ways to dedicate yourself to golf with everything else going on, having to pay your way to, to, get, to get to the next season, to get to that next year? I think it's always, you know, if you're not on the PGA Tour, even guys on the Corn Ferry Tour, they'll tell you um, the finances of trying to pursue being a professional golfer um, is definitely something you think about all the time. And I think there's a fine line between, you know, not really, you can't really stress about it, but it's something that you're very aware of. But also, I think just like anybody, whether you're a mini tour player or on the PGA Tour, you have to find ways to try to improve. And for me, being a trash porter, you know, it wasn't something that I was, you know, I wasn't upset that I was doing. It was something that I just had to do. Um, no one forced me to do it, but I wanted to try to find something that would allow me to continue to work on my game, would allow me to continue to get better. Um, so when the world kind of opened back up and things, as we're seeing now, are starting to open back up, you, you have opportunity to play. And uh, I'm, I'm thankful for my time um, as a trash porter. Uh, it wasn't always glamorous, as you know, many would would seem that that position would be. But it definitely made me appreciate um, working on my game and uh, appreciate, you know, the pursuit a lot more of, of trying to become a PGA Tour player. Kyle, when you're chasing the dream, I imagine there are people you have to lean on, especially during the tough times. Who's been maybe your most important support system uh, as you chase the dream? Uh, my mother and father are are 
the two people that I admire the most. They're they're both very hardworking people. I grew up in a, a very blue collar family that was we all, all we ever knew was to, to work hard and that was kind of expected. Um, so I, I've kind of leaned on them. You know, they never asked me to take a position, but I just kind of told them this was what I was going to do. And um, they were I was very thankful, you know, for their blessing. And they understood that this was kind of, you know, unprecedented times and to, to try to keep what I was doing alive. And they've been extremely supportive. Uh, my girlfriend's been very supportive, but my, my family has always supported me in my you know endeavor to try to get to the PGA Tour. Kyle, what was it like in your household when news of the Forum Tour started to trickle out, giving some playing opportunities when it didn't seem like there'd be as many out there? I think the PGA Tour did a fantastic job uh, establishing their you know the smaller tours such as the Forum Tour and, and finding those sponsorship opportunities to create events for guys like myself and many other mini tour players, guys that were you know, in the same position that I was. Um, there was very limited opportunity during COVID and I, it, it was encouraging to hear that there was going to be playing opportunities. It gives you some sign of hope. It also gives you something to work towards. It gives you something to kind of work, gear your practice towards. So it was definitely exciting to see that things were kind of, kind of coming together and uh, there was going to be opportunity out there. Well, Cloud, you're clearly working hard. What's been the biggest improvement in your game over the last several months? I think my mindset, more than anything, uh, I've, I've Monday qualified for two PGA Tour events the last month, and I think that all kind of started clicking after I missed at Q School. I was a little unsure of, you know, I didn't know what my future kind of held, but I... Um, I kind of just adjusted my mindset to be a, a little bit more relaxed on the golf course. I knew I had the game. I knew I was playing well. I was making lots of birdies, but I just needed to kind of lower the expectation, uh, have a little bit more fun. Uh, golf's a hard enough game that you don't need to apply any unnecessary other pressures out there. Um, so I've, I've just started just to enjoy it and really embrace the opportunity to compete. And when you get into, like, I've been doing these Monday qualifiers, getting in, just trying to make the most of your opportunity. And I think I found the, the joy in that. I found, you know, that I've been able to play on the PGA Tour twice in the last month. It's been something that I, I've been able to see and reinforce what I've been doing at home, you know, practicing. And it, it, it's been really cool to see my game develop, you know, just in this last month um, by the opportunities that I've, that I've had. Well, Kyle, we really appreciate you taking the time. Keep chasing that dream, and we'll chat with you soon. Thanks, fellas. You guys have a nice one. Well, 2021 has been an amazing year in golf. From drought busters to ageless wonders, we share what we're most thankful for from a year that was when Golf Today returns. We're back on golf today. USGA is distributing $200,000 in grants to 21st Tee Chapters as part of the IDEA grant program. This program is part of an effort to empower inclusion, diversity, equity, and accessibility at the local levels. Some of the highlights support of the first tee by the USGA. USGA distributing $200,000 in grants across 21st Tee Chapters in 2021 came through IDEA grant program. Created this year to address barriers to golf for certain youth. Since 1997, USGA invested more than $33 million among First Tee LPGA USGA Girls Golf and Drive, Chip, and Putt. The First Tee of Sand Hills is one of the recipients, and we are pleased to be joined by the Executive Director, Courtney Stiles. Courtney, great to spend time with you. Happy Thanksgiving Eve. What was your reaction when you learned that the First Tee of Sand Hills was one of the recipients? Well, thank you for having me. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Uh, we were truly thrilled when we found out we were one of the chapters selected this year. Um, the IDEA grant very much falls in line with initiatives we already have in operation here at our chapter. And so when we had the opportunity to apply for the grant, we felt like we could be a really good fit. Um, so we're excited to partner with the USGA. Courtney, what does your location plan to do with the money? So the three core areas that stood out to us were our need to diversify our coaches and volunteers so that they really look more like the kiddos in our programs. Um, we're doing that by expanding our reach of coaches through some new um, paid and part-time roles, as well as doubling the size of our college internship program. Uh, the second area of focus for us was 
to partner with more local youth serving organizations and more Title I schools. That's really important in our community. We've continued to grow programs such as the Armed Services YMCA, and we have already added eight additional elementary schools in outlying parts of our community. And then finally, by doing those two initiatives, we're able to engage more kids and more volunteers in the underserved parts of the Sand Hills. Sounds fantastic, Courtney. You mentioned diversity. Why are diversity, equity, and inclusion so important in your mind? Well, our office is physically located in Pinehurst, and we serve a community of up to nine counties around Pinehurst. And even though I could walk out the doors and be 10 minutes from the cradle, um, most kids in our community don't have access to the 40-plus golf courses here. And so for us, um, DE&I means meeting the kids where they are, uh, going to their schools, their playgrounds, their clubs, and meeting them there because we found that they are more open to our programs and working with us where they're located in their comfort zone, and they get really excited to see us come to where they live so they can show off their community. Um, so we're just really focused on using that mentality to build programs that are accessible, welcoming, and impactful as they are equally fun. Well, Courtney, tomorrow is Thanksgiving, and, and we've had to ask every guest yeah. uh, about what they're planning on doing on their Thanksgiving, specifically their opinion on Turkey. So we've got to ask you, Turkey a yes, or is Turkey a no? Turkey is a big yes. We have a turkey in the freezer and a turkey that has just gone in the oven because we are celebrating Thanksgiving in about three hours. Um, and we've got a fridge full of casseroles and a pie that's going to go in when I hang up with y'all. Sounds good. I'm going to say it sounds good. I, she, she, be, made, she sold it for I'd me. I'd be into it. That's all right. right. She did sell it. Courtney, happy Thanksgiving. Congrats on all the great work you're doing at the first team. Hope to speak to you soon. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving.